Yo, 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 what the, what the fuck is up? This is episode number 39 of Riffs on Tap. I'm your host, Alejandro, joined as always by... Riley. This one's going to be a short one. We're just going to say that right off the top here, we've both had really long weeks. We're both coming off of really long weeks last week as well, and we're still kind of in recovery mode. So we apologize. This is going to be kind of a short one. You may be looking down and go, wow, it's only 28 minutes long. How did he predict it was going to be 28 exactly? I don't know. He just did. Um, but uh, just bear with us. We will be back to normal next week. <coughs> All right, Riley. What's going on with you, man? Nothing much. Fucking grinding. Getting that money. Listening to music. Dude. Making beer. Living the life, honestly. Dude, you are living the life, man. You started off Monday. We uh, we went out to uh, to the bar. We did. We watched the game. It was a it was a, it was a great game. Fantastic game. Yeah, I uh, when I left because uh, I because I had worked the next morning and I, I still was kind of needing some rest. Uh, North Carolina was up by like twenty five points. Yeah, getting close to half, and I was like, damn, like North. I kept telling everyone, North Carolina, they're good. They're so good. R.J. Davis, Caleb Love, um, Brady Namick, um, Baycott. Yeah, Baycott, fucking fantastic. Cause the whole team is just is so stacked. Yeah. Um, but Kansas, I think, just really showed they have those core fundamentals down. Um, Played a hell of a game. In a, sec- a hell of a second half. They deserve to win that, sadly. They almost gave it away at the end, but... No, congratulations. You, no, congratulations, Kansas. And uh, it's another big win for the Big 12, man. I'm, I'm always happy uh, seeing the Big 12 succeed. I think... We're continuing to push just how strong the Big 12 is in basketball. Yeah. I wish we got more respect, but people are always big on the ACC. I know you're an ACC guy. Um, but uh, Big I get 12, it. Big 12, I think, is becoming the best uh, conference in basketball. And I think I think you may not have a one individual team that's super great, but I think we have depth. Yes. Not the thing. You have a team even like Iowa State who – Started the year off highly ranked. They're in the top 10 in rankings. Dropped out, came back in, and they were all over the place because, as we saw in their performance in the tournament overall, was kind of all over the place, but mm-hmm. was good enough to get them as far as they did. Um, the, but, yeah, the Big 12 had depth. Uh, Texas is a little disappointing. Texas Tech, tough loss to Duke, but we saw Duke um, went on pretty far after. Um, but overall, yeah, Big 12, man, big, big, big represent, happy to see the Big 12 doing well. I'm not. One of the ACC to win. No, don't. I mean, I hate North Carolina (laughs) with all my heart, but I was rooting for them. Um, what's it called? Uh, Notre Dame will be back in three years, you know, when they get seniors and juniors. Um, it's like Villanova. Villanova will be good again in three years. Um, they've lost everyone again. Our problem is that even when we're good, like we're still not. We may be an Elite Eight team, but not much more than that. I think we've we've talked about it a lot before. The thing that makes Notre Dame so difficult in all their sports is, for basketball, yes, they are in a conference, but in football, they're not. So their opponents are kind of all over the place. Yeah. And as we've seen in the current landscape for college football, you kind of need to win almost every game. Yeah. And if you're going to lose, lose early. Lose early and lose to a good-ass fucking team. Yeah. Um, but Notre Dame, like I said, you got to make the grades. So everyone on the team, they're smart motherfuckers. And so it's hard to get crazy good athletes and also some really, really bright minds yeah. out there. Um, it's possible, and they've showed that before, but I think that, that definitely is something that hurts Notre Dame a bit. Yeah. And it was crazy to say that. like It it hurts at a college to have a high academic standards. hurts at the college level. Cause that's great for yeah. everything else. 
but when it comes to football, I don't care how fucking smart you are. Yeah, do you run over a linebacker? It's like with, it's like with track. I was like, uh, that's one of those where you can literally. I just need you to go fast. Yeah, I don't care what the hell you do in calculus. I don't care if your calculus grade is. I need you to go fast. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it, it's kind of funny how college sports work that way. Yeah. Um, which I get it. The NCAA wants to put education first. Get it. I totally. I'm for it. Um, but yeah, very interesting situation there. But it's cool now with college athletes being able to make money though. And it so is happy for them because there's a lot of them who aren't going to be struggling day to day to meet basic needs that they can actually like fucking afford shit. And like they need to give Reggie Bush's Heisman back. Yeah, we're, we're at that point where it's like, look, Reg, no matter what money he took, it doesn't affect what happened on the field. Yeah. And that's why he won that Heisman. And so I agree. I mean, he's uh, probably one of the top five greatest college football players of all time. Yeah. He was just insane on the field. No, exactly. Um, but I, we're moving to a whole new era of of college sports, and it's exciting. It's really cool to see what's going to happen and how things are going to develop. The one thing I did notice this tournament, and I don't know if you saw it, when they show the parents and stuff, a lot of the parents have, like, player-specific gear. Yeah. They'll have, like, fucking whatever slogan for their, their kid's name and stuff. And I was like... I like it. They're That's trying, cool. they're trying yeah. to market their kid. I was like, I, I appreciate the hustle, the yeah. attempt. Um, I'm just curious how if it's going to balance things out a little more. You're going to see teams like Alabama drop off a little bit. Still be great, but then you know you'll see maybe a team like Texas, who's been losing out in the state of Texas for recruits to teams like Alabama and Florida and Oklahoma. And Oklahoma. I'm curious if. Just the landscape of college football and basketball is going to even out a little bit. I would hope so. Because, yeah, I know for, for college football, uh, a lot of your best recruits in Texas don't stay in Texas. And that's kind of like sad. It's like, you know, uh, you look at a team like Villanova, they do have quite a few people who are there in Philadelphia, in yeah. Pennsylvania, and they have a lot of local people. Um, whereas Texas schools are, it's that landscape kind of changing a little bit and it's been changing for a while now. And in Oklahoma, it's not surprising to see the majority of the roster is from Texas. No, not at all. Um, but yeah, no, hopefully it'll, it'll balance things out a little bit and people want, maybe want to stay where they're at. Um, stay close to home or go to a smaller school. I mean, you can go to a group of five schools and still make the same amount of money. Yeah, exactly. See, I mean, the number one recruit for this class went to, was it Jackson state? Mm-hmm. He'll play for Deion Sanders. That one, that was, I think, coach motivated there. I, I um, mean, yeah, it was for sure. Yeah. But you are seeing more high-profile athletes go to these HBCUs now. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey Williams is an example for college basketball. Who will be? He will be going to an HBCU. So it's, uh, it, I don't know, it'll make things interesting. I think I hope the one thing I hope for it is it brings more money into the universities because you can go to a small school. And hopefully that'll actually like boost, you know, people's uh, desire to actually attend it other than just athletes. Um, We're just good overall. We're not seeing the same few teams over and over again. It was cool to see St. Peter's. It was, you know, a school that I honestly have never fucking heard of. Um, And uh, it's just exciting that way when we, we divvy it up a little bit better. It's not the same Baylor, North Carolina, Duke, Kansas. It's mix it up a little bit, you know? Um, But overall, yeah, tournament was great. Um, uh, was really happy, uh, with everything there. And now we kind of turn our heads to baseball and the masters. masters Those are kind of right the two now, yeah. things that are going on right now. Yeah. 
Um, so when we're recording this, uh, date, we just finished day one of masters coverage. Um, Sung J M is leading at, for him. at five under. And then we have, uh, was it Cameron Smith at four yeah. under? He double bogeyed his final hole. So he was at yeah. six under double bogeyed 18. Um, Dust- T- Tigers sitting at one under four shots back. Yeah. He's top 10. He's tied for 10th right now. Um, he looked really good. He did. Yeah. He looked good. Um, there, I saw, I, I think it was on eight or nine. There was a little discomfort after he hit one of his shots, but he recovered fine from it. Finished he, out well. So I wasn't fortunately able to watch the majority of his round. I watched the end of it when I got home. Um, but there's a Twitter account I used to really follow and love called GC Tiger Tracker. Yeah. And they would just track every single thing Tiger would do on and off the course. And it was great. And, uh, but that account went dead in 2020 and we just kind of don't like the guy just doesn't run anymore. And I have a buddy who actually ran the account for one tournament specifically for one round because yeah. the guy wasn't able to do it. And so he filled in. So I, I asked him, I said, bro, like what's going on with tiger tracker? Is he gone? Is he done? Like, is it over? And he's like, yeah, I think he's gone. I think he's, I don't think he's coming back, but like you should go f- uh, follow TW Legion. And they were, Every single little thing, and that was the big thing they said. Said they they tweeted about. It. They're like, he looked it looked like he limped a little bit there yeah. on eight on nine and ten, but yeah. we're just gonna move past that. Well, I think uh, you're just trying to hit a, a power hook, I guess, around some trees, and like overdid it. Came up a little little limp, but after that, he was fine, walking fine. Yeah, th- I think tomorrow morning will be the big thing for him. Is that like, yes, he proved he can play well for one round. Yeah. But how's he going to feel in the morning when he gets up in the morning? Is there going to be any pain, discomfort? Um, you know, we, we've seen him play nine holes, 18 holes here and there. But to play a five and a half hour round today, uh, I know it was kind of hot out there yeah. uh, in Georgia. Um, it was, yeah, we're, we're just really going to see if how the leg holds up and stuff. Mentally, he seems focused. He seems right on point. Yeah. No, he he was dialed in. His short game looked phenomenal today. Yeah, it it was just I watched. I was watching all the highlights and everything. I loved his shot on six, the par three. He yeah. stuck it to like two feet. Um, yeah, man. I I think um, he did get in trouble. He did have to make a handful of par saves. Yeah, which oh man, watching like those seven foot par saves, nerve wracking, nerve wracking. Especially on eighteen, he had that like seven eight footer for par. Yeah. To, um, shoot that one under and oh man he he's his players looking good uh drives were were an issue for him um kind of wayward on, on a handful of drives yeah but his iron play was solid enough that saved him uh so maybe we may see him uh move to a three wood for most of his tee shots a hybrid just dial it back a little I wouldn't bit be surprised because i mean he's probably the greatest iron player in the history of golf mm-hmm. just get yourself to that 200 mark have a long iron in I mean, he's fucking golden. Yeah. Um, but it will, obviously I'm going to be following him very close tomorrow. Uh, I'm very excited to see what he does. But, uh, God, the master is, the course looks so good. It just oh, amazes me just how well they can upkeep that course. Like, yeah. you know, I like I was very proud to like what we were able to do at our course um, this year. And, and all the remarks were it was one of the best years we've ever had for the tournament. And still, it's like, wow, the Masters is on just a whole nother yeah. fucking level. And especially because we'll pretty much every year now, they undergo major renovations, just completely change the course. They they don't want you to play the same course every fucking year. They were saying, yeah. On, on uh, I think it was, I think it's 11, start of Amen's Corner. Mm-hmm. 
uh, yeah, they completely redesigned the green to where it slopes off to the right now. They increased the fairway by uh, width-wise, I think, 50 yards, lengthwise, 15. Mm-hmm. So they completely redesigned it, and it looks perfect every year. Dude, yeah, I saw, uh, when I was watching the coverage, they said 3 and 13, those are the tools I remember, that they recontoured them because yeah. they wanted to open up a couple more hole locations. Uh, I was also reading on the No Layup uh, blog or their forum, uh, they had an article about uh, the conditions over at Augusta and saying that they've never officially put out stint meter readings as well as firmness readings. Um, that's because they, what they have said, Augusta said that they're inconsistent. They're not a consistent, we're running 12s across the board yeah. or running this firmness because they, Augusta, their reasoning is there are certain holes that if you're, you're running a 13, you can't hold the ball on the screen. It just, it literally plays impossible. So certain greens have to be slowed down. Certain spots have to get softened up just so it's playable. Uh, but that's just crazy. Like TV does not do that fucking course justice. Like, no, not at all. The little micro contours in the green, uh, absolutely just crazy that yeah. course. I mean, because you can see the slopes on TV. But once, you, I mean, it's the same with PPC. San Antonio has some very sloped greens that just, I mean, completely drop off. You can kind of see it on TV, but once you see it in person, you're like, oh, this is a seven foot hill that I have to put up. Yeah, it's crazy. I love it when the TV coverage does the, um, what do you call it, when they show the movement of the balls on the green. Yeah. And so you can see like where all the slopes are and everything. When I was watching the coverage for the Valero and there was some greens where I was like, I didn't even realize there was a contour there. Like it's so micro that you can't see it. But I was like on their, on their data, they're showing it balls move this way. And I was like, I never knew that. Yeah. Um, but that, that's what you get when you get to tour level greens. It's, it's a whole nother thing from playing your muni or your local course. Yeah. Um, but also today, opening day for baseball. So excited. We're back. Did, uh, so the Yankees didn't play, unfortunately. We, we had inclement weather. Yeah, and they, they moved start tomorrow. Yeah, so I I didn't get to really enjoy opening day that much. Yeah, uh, but did the Angels play? I didn't. Angels I really played tonight okay. at eight thirty nine. I think is the first pitch playing the Astros. Oh man, that's awesome! But Shohei, uh, Shohei's opening, and he's also our leadoff hitter for today. So <laughs> that's so crazy. Yeah. He's so talented, man. Yeah, like I. You know, I figured like a player of his caliber, they would want him to dial it into either pitching or hitting, but they've just let him go. He's just so good at both. And that's, I'm glad he went, he came to a team like the Angels versus going to like the Yankees to where they could be like, oh, well, you're just going to pitch for us. We don't need you to hit. Yeah. Or vice versa. I'm glad, you know, the Angels suck. So we need him to be our <laughs> ace and our <laughs> second best hitter. So. Um, I, I just really hope he strikes out the side and then comes hits a fucking 450-foot home run. Be the oh, greatest man. start to the season for us. I That would go down history because I don't think any anyone has ever struck out a side and gone on to score a home run. Like I doubt it. No, there's no fucking... Because yeah. I, I don't think even only, Babe Ruth... Only, yeah, only person that probably would have done it would be Babe Ruth. Yeah, and I don't even think he was fucking leadoff hitter or... He wasn't... I don't even think he was in the... Uh, he was probably batting third or cleanup. Yeah. But um, oh man, what that'd be a fucking amazing statistic to have. Baseball has some really fun, unique statistics. They do. Uh, one of my favorites is um the Ken Griffey and Ken Griffey Jr. the only father son duo to have back to back home runs. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. 
yeah, like all everything. Just the fact that, that they were able to play up, together, yeah, is crazy enough. Exactly, like everything that has to line up perfectly for that to happen is yeah. just so unique to their situation. Uh, you have players who first pitch grand slam, um, and I think there's just so many really fun little unique moments yeah. in baseball. But uh, the reason it's called America's pastime, it's probably the most interesting sport to watch from a statistical standpoint. You have so many anomalies that happen every game. Just, I mean, you'd have, oh, this person has, uh, I think, uh, Corbin Burns, I think is his name. He's the start, he's started today for the Brewers, had a fantastic season last year, Cy Run candidate. Uh, he, I want to say he set a record for the most strikeouts without a walk, or most batters faced, or most strikeouts without. Giving up a walk last year is like fifty four. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot. Today he walked his first batter, so it's <laughs> something like that could happen to where you know, yeah, he started off great last year. Now he walks his first batter. Yeah, um, baseball such a superstitious game as well. Here. Like I remember, like I played when I was young, and then I played a little bit in high school. And I felt like every little thing you did, there was some superstition about it. Like fucking the way you tied your shoes. You know, making sure to step over the line. First person to do this, last person to do that. I'm like, there's so much going on here, man. Like, it's a game. We always have to do our best, go out there. Um, There's so much we can't control. I feel like that'd be like, that's the most anxiety-ridden game. You had to pick all of them. Probably. Because there's so much you can't control. Well, I would would say golf. (coughs) I feel that. Golf and followed by tennis. Just because golf is a solo sport. Yeah, and that one, that one, I feel like you can alleviate some of the anxiety because you control it. You control so many variables. Whereas baseball, it could be, dude, I don't bat for another four more batters, and yeah. we really need a run here. It's like there's literally nothing you can do at this point. You yeah. just have to hope for the best. Um, but um, yeah, man, uh, baseball super exciting. Can't wait for the season to get started. Um, I'm trying to think what was up, what were some of the other things going on. Um, I know we want to talk about a little bit about music. We we don't want to go too far into it because we do want to give like a bigger wrap up on the Grammys. There's a lot that happened, uh, but we do kind of want to save that for next week when we have a little bit more time. Um, I know you brought up a couple artists that put out some new songs uh, that you showed me. Um, anything you want to talk about? Yes, or? Uh, the biggest. So it, I have a, already have a candidate for my favorite album of the year. Uh, a guy named William Clark Green, Texas country artist. He's put out some bangers in the past, but he sort of uh, redesigned his music. He kind of went more acoustic and more personal feel. Everything was written by him and like one other person on each song. So very personal album, uh, just fantastic album. It's called Baker's Hotel, uh, which the title track is kind of a fun song about I don't know if you've heard of the Baker Hotel, Mm-mm. but it's a hotel in somewhere in northeast Texas, but it's supposed to be like the most haunted place in Texas. Oh, damn. Okay. So it's just a song about you know trying to get through the Baker Hotel. <laughs> but fun song. Great album. Uh, Feel Alive is my favorite song off it. It's the first track. Uh, but yeah, check it out. I do have to ask about this Baker Hotel. Is uh, is it in operation or is it run down, shut down type of thing? It you know? is shut down right now, uh, but they're renovating it and they're going to open it back up in 2024. Okay. Is what they're supposed 
they're supposed to open it back up 2024. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I was, I was, yeah, I was wondering if it's like abandoned and people can like go and visit it and stuff. Yeah. Like, it obviously be trespassing, but like go visit it and see like what's going on here. It was. So. was so he put out a music video for it and they filmed it at the Baker Hotel. It was just completely run down and shit. Yeah. That's dope. I mean, I, I don't think I could ever do something like that. Like go visit like a haunted, uh, hot rundown hospital. No. Oh, definitely. Um, like a fucking insane asylum. Yeah. Like fucking that'd just be just absolutely frightening. Like I could do it if it, like there's a few hotels downtown San Antonio that are like haunted, but they're still in operation. Yeah. So it kind of alleviates the stress of it a little more. Uh, but yeah, if it's just complete, like no one's there, but you and your buddies, oh, that's terrifying. Yeah, there were I don't even believe in ghosts, and that's still fucking terrifying. <laughs> Dude, I'm like the worst person when it comes to like ghosts and stuff because my hearing is so good that like I hear every little creak and yes. bump that goes on in this house and just like in general. And so I would just freak myself out. I, I just drive myself insane. Yeah. Knowing I was in a haunted place because every little creak and crack, I'd be like, oh, fuck, there it is. There, yeah. There's the ghost coming to get me. That's the biggest reason I have to have, like, something on when I'm going to sleep, whether it's music or a TV show just in the background. Just because, like, I'll just be laying there in complete silence and I'll just hear something. And I'm like, oh, someone's in the fucking house. <laughs> Dude, I, I scared myself the other day. I put on, like, an ASMR video to go to bed. And I just, I was, like, in a groggy state where another video I'd finished, but I still needed some more sound. So I just picked the first ASMR video that was on the recommended and um I woke up like 15 minutes later or whatever and being like oh fuck it's raining like that yeah. sucks like I was like I didn't want to deal with rain at work and then I realized it was, it was in the video the whole time I was like ah there's rain sounds in this yeah. ASMR video I was like ah all right cool well I'm up now so we're gonna change that um but yeah I always like I always gotta have something on um, I just don't I don't like silence I don't understand people that like silence Oh, dude, it's scary. Like, yeah. I, because for me, my brain just races. Yes. Like, I need to have music going on in my head because, like, it just blocks out all the, like, crazy noise that yeah. goes on in there. Um, Like, today, I was I was on a mower today, uh, and I was like, dude, I have to blast my music. Like, I would, I'm either going to fall asleep, which I did still fall asleep, kind of, uh, or two, I'll just, my brain will just race with, like, and my anxiety will go up and yeah. just, oh, it's terrible. I no, hate I, it. Always, and I, I lost my head. I don't know what I did with my headphones, but I lost them. So I haven't had uh, my headphones to listen to music at work. I've been just playing it on my phone, but not the same. So I've just been fucking going crazy at work. I hate it. I need music. Wait, how long have you lost your headphones for? It was like two days ago. Okay, so fairly recently. Yeah. But though, it, like, I've, my two most boring long days have been these last two days without music. Yeah. No, I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah, I, I would. Uh, it would suck because like I, I very much value my headphones, and I, I always know where they're at, and I have them with me. Yeah, but like I don't have a backup plan if something were to happen to those. I don't I, either. Yeah, I don't know. What the fuck I guess I'm gonna do. I'll start bringing my speaker to work. Oh, that's a good one. Um, but I'm trying to think of some of the music I've been listening to. Um, Ultra happened, uh, which is a big EDM festival in Miami, a couple weeks ago. So now on SoundCloud, a lot of the mixes are coming out. A lot of the DJs will put out um, the videos on YouTube of uh, their shows and stuff. Um, for me, I think the biggest storyline is definitely the return of Hardwell. Uh, Hardwell's a DJ that got really, really big in 2011 to 2014, 2015 or so. 
And um, he was kind of like the guy you would always picture main stage closing on a festival type of DJ. And he's taken a break uh, for the past three, four years or so. He's taken a break from touring and making music and stuff. Yeah. And this has been like his triumphant return. And this set was really good. He's got some new music coming out, new album coming out. And uh, I think he's he's one of those artists that can help push EDM can change the direction. I, I can't say he's going to innovate or revolutionize the, the EDM genre, but he's going to push things back to electro house, yeah. progressive house being the your main genres you're going to see and be popular again. Um, as compared to, there's been kind of a shift <coughs> more of traditional house, deep house, future house, uh, dubstep's getting bigger and bigger. Um, bass house is, is crazy, but kind of just shifting the landscape of, you know where the EDM genre is going, and I always appreciate when there's a change and and a shift in music. We're not not getting stale on you. Yeah, it's always nice to see, unless it's a shift in the very wrong direction. But like pop country, like when Florida yeah. Georgia Line hit the scene, it fucked up the whole well, landscape of pop. And it country. wasn't. I don't blame Florida Georgia Line. Like they're, you know, when they came out, they were innovative, right? They were a blend of these two genres, and they were the only ones doing it. Yeah, but then. <laughs> Everyone fucking started doing it. Yep. And now country radio is ruined. Yeah, man. It, um, yeah, so you're right. You're right. You can't put it on them because they were the innovators. And it just, unfortunately, it latched on so hard that everyone was doing it. Um, I guess that's kind of how it was when the Chainsmokers came on the scene. I feel the Chainsmokers helped push dance pop into the mainstream where more and more artists were like, oh, we want these little electronic elements in our songs. And Chainsmokers help facilitate that a little bit, being like, you can have a great, you know, verse, chorus, second verse, but still have that little bit of a dancey feel to it in the middle. No crazy drops or anything. And we see, we saw so many artists in the 2000s do it. Um, One of them being, and I just heard their song for the first time in a long time, is uh, uh, LMFAO. Do you remember them? Oh, yeah. Dude, oh, they dude. were fucking huge. Oh man, they were massive, and they're they're they don't exist anymore. Both the the two guys disbanded, and they have no intentions of getting back together. And uh, I heard one of their songs, and I was like, "Damn, y'all were the people who helped push that like dance yeah. pop." Of and uh, it's just crazy looking back at that. It's like, wow, you guys are such innovators, and now you're gone. Like it's just, I don't know. It's just God, damn, I, that takes me back to middle school, fucking LMFAO. Yeah, man, they Fuck. have some bangers, like. I would definitely go back and listen to. Uh, they have two albums, I believe, and the second album's got all the bangers on it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've been listening to like um, I, today. I was listening to an older album that I hadn't listened to in a while. One I argue is one of Kanye and Jay Z's best, which is "Watch the Throne." Um, we will never get a "Watch the Throne" two, even though the rumors keep saying we're going to get a, a follow up. Never going to happen. Jay Z and Kanye are never going to get back together. And it's sad because I feel that album was such a wonderful mix of both of their styles put yeah. together. Um, and I, I use a line from Otis um, pretty often now um, is uh, in the wise words of Jay Z, I guess I got my swagger back. Um, and That's I think a great he, one. I know. And I, I've been using that line a lot lately. When I'm like feeling down and I, I get that spark of confidence, I'm like, I guess I got my swagger back. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I wish for a watch this on too, but eh, you know, I'll just enjoy what, what we were given. Um, Apparently Kanye is getting better. He's getting help now. He said he's going to stop threatening <laughs> Pete Davidson. That's with, fucking with good. Death, so. 
Dude, like, well, I'm sure you saw that uh, Ye got taken off the Coachella lineup. Yes. Uh, which, a solid replacement, Swedish House Mafia across the weekend. I think it's going to be a wonderful uh, fucking show they're going to put on. But, like, I don't know. It's things like that where I'm just like, is he getting better? Is he? We'll see. I think he's just prepping for his 2024 presidential run, and I'm going to vote for him again. Like, I'm a Ye stan 100%, but, like, Sometimes I just can't support some of the things he does. Where I'm just like, whoa, bro. Like, I get, like, you may be mad at someone, but, like, sometimes you just take it too far. Um, but I don't know. He He's fucking, he's doing his thing, man. Yeah. So, uh, anything else you want to add as we're getting close to wrapping up here? Uh, Angels and Angels winning the World Series this year. I'm calling it. We're gonna, 100%. We're going to win 5 nothing today. How much I'm, are you putting I'm on score. them in Vegas? How much are you putting on them, like, right now? Well, they probably have pretty good odds. I don't have to put much. I think I could put a hundred and make a pretty penny. Yeah. Um, Raiders, uh, we're gonna do it this year. We're gonna win the World Series. Playing in the playing in the hardest gonna, fucking division. We're gonna win the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the Angels and the Raiders are gonna switch spots. Yes. And um, we, I mean, we've never tried it. We might be better at baseball than we are at football. <laughs> Oh man, there was a period of time where I feel like the Raiders football team was better than the Oakland A's baseball team, and it was like y'all share a stadium, y'all yeah. just switch uniforms, just try yeah. it out, give it a I try. Mean, you might as well. You're gonna <laughs> lose either way. <laughs> oh man, but that's gonna do it for us here. I'm sorry it's a short episode. Uh, I know we we're kind of hitting our stride there, but uh, just with everything going on, um, kind of just getting back into it for us. But we promise next week we'll be back to a full episode. We're going to dive deep into the Grammys. There's a lot to talk about. A lot of cool stuff going on. Um, But that's going to do it for us. Once again, this has been episode number 39 of Riffs on Tap. And if you want to check out more episodes, you can find us at RiffsOnTap.com where we've got links to all of our episodes on Apple Music, uh, Apple Podcasts, as well as Spotify. As well as we have playlists of different music that we've been listening to uh, that we update pretty frequently of just different stuff we're listening to and uh, stuff you may enjoy. Uh, Get an idea of what we're listening to and what we're kind of enjoying at the time. Uh, But that'll do it for us, and we will see you all next week. Bye-bye.